What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. Great to be here. Great to have you listening. Justin Maddox and Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Uh, I do apologize. This episode is being put out a little because I, I, I was watching uh, Gonzaga and Georgia State. I was watching that game, 60C versus one See, there's something happening there. Some sort of upset was brewing, but... Uh, of course, Gonzaga pulls away at the end. Fatigue starts to kick in. Uh, if you as if you were watching the game, you could see uh, and hear them talking about it. Um, but look, another big day for the NFL. Baker Mayfield drama in Cleveland again. Um, I gotta tell you, Cleveland is having a rather already noisy off season, and the fact that they can't get Deshaun Watson now hurts them. Um, pretty severely in this case, but uh, I do. I want, I want to talk about this. Then I want to talk about a trade that I think people are going to think it's, um, you know, crazy. But I, I think there's a trade. I'm not saying I think it's going to take place, but there's a trade that I think would make perfect sense. Uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Cole Beasley was released. Von Miller signs with the Bills. I'm telling you, this is where you add three game, three more wins to your schedule. Uh, in free agency and the trades, this is where you see teams. This is where the improvement comes for next year. This is where you see instant improvement. You don't see this all the time. You, you know, you can draft a guy that's talented, but if he's not developed yet, um, and it's totally understandable if he's not developed because he's young, but if he's not developed yet not ready to play yet, it's not going to make a big impact on your team the first, second year. But when you draft these guys, when you draft Devon Miller, if you're the Bills, that's a difference. That makes a difference. Uh, take another edge rusher out of the NFC, give it to the AFC. This, you know, the fascinating part about this is the fact that the best positions, you can make an argument in football today that the two most important positions on the field is the quarterback and the edge rusher. All right? There are a lot of important positions. There are a lot of important pieces. And just because you have a good a quarterback and a good edge rusher doesn't mean you're going to success. I have success because this is a team sport. But I'm just saying, the two most important positions in football, you can make an argument, are uh, edge rusher and quarterback. All right. Uh, let's talk about what's going on with Baker Mayfield. So he requests a trade. Today, Browns do not expect to grant him a trade. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this was... Okay, so... Th- so Adam Schefter, three hours ago, reported Baker Mayfield just told ESPN, it's in the mutual interest of both sides for us to move on. Their relationship is too far fine to mend. It's in the best interest of both sides to move on. Look, uh, I can make an argument that that is the case, but this is what I will say about the Browns. I think the the Browns, when they when they went into this situation, I really believe they thought they were going to be able to. Be a be a destination that attracted Deshaun Watson. 
they're like, look, you've been playing with Houston. You haven't had superior talent to teams um, consistently since you played at Clemson. Like, the Browns aren't better than every team in the NFL. But there's a lot of teams you're going to play that you're going to have superior talent. And and, and I, th- when you're a quarterback and you don't have that luxury um, and you're beat up, from 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 trying to have carry somewhat of a bad team, and and when you go to a team like you kind of saw us with Matthew Stafford for years in Detroit, he he was he was he was just tired of of he, he was just always getting beat up on that team, and when he went to Los Angeles, he's like, oh man, this is easy. He's like, this is he's like, I got a coach that is an offensive mastermind. I've got OBJ. I've got Cooper Cup. <laughs> I had Robert Woods at the beginning of the season. I got a good old line. The D. I got Aaron Donald on defense side of the ball. I got Jalen Ramsey. He's like, oh, this is easy. And and when you see that happen with the quarterback, you know you can't help but feel good for him. But you thought that was kind of what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Now, granted, it's a much harder conference. Um, I won't say necessarily a harder division, but it's a much harder conference with all the great quarterbacks in that, in that conference. But it, it's, you know, I think Cleveland really thought they had the team. They're like, look, what are you missing exactly in Houston? Okay, a great O line. Great receivers, great defense. Trade away JJ Watt, your edge rusher. I mean, you've got issues in Houston right now. That's a rebuild. What do you want? Go to line, check. Receivers, check. Running backs, check. Good defense, check. Proven, proven coach, I would argue, check. Um, these other destinations that Deshaun's looking at going to, this is what he said. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him taking this viewpoint on this, but this is pretty much what his viewpoint is. This is pretty much what he's telling you is that, look, Cleveland's a talented roster, but the path of least resistance is more important to me. And I got no problem with that. It makes it makes total sense. It doesn't mean, look, people, a lot of times I feel like when people try to avoid a division with some not and not that we have the situation that often but like if if he you know uh, like when a player doesn't want to go to a specific conference or something like that people make it into oh that's just they're scared to face this player x they're scared to face player y it's not necessarily that it's hey i'm i'm talented okay deshaun knows hey i'm talented the browns are talented but it, but you're never gonna get a point in the AFC right now, like Alabama in college football, right? And you're never gonna have that in the NFL. But I'm just using this as an example. In college football, new, I'm sure Nick Saban knew in the SEC. That's a gauntlet, okay? I mean, I mean, you gotta go through. You gotta go through. If, even if they're not good, you gotta go to Baton Rouge some years. Face LSU, you know you got you got face these you got face Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. You got to face Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Uh, 
You got you, you have to face Cam Newton. I mean, SEC's a gauntlet, right? But Alabama knew that they would get to a point where even though it's going to be tough playing these teams this year, their talent, their recruiting, their coaching can be superior to everybody else in the SEC. And they got to that point. And in the AFC, you're never going to have, you're never going to be able to build that in the NFL like you are in college football because the talent is more equal. Even the worst team, uh, it's still typically somewhat good. But my point being, the, the Texans, or I'm sorry, the Browns are never get to a point where they're going to dominate the AFC. They're never, even even if they keep adding talent, they're just not going to dominate the AFC. And, you, and I'll say that about anybody, the Chiefs, whoever. Um, just because there's so much talent stacked in that conference and one game can completely destroy your season in the playoffs. And I think Deshaun knew that. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the easier conference. So personally, I thought the better move was the Browns, but I totally get this decision. I, I totally understand it. Um, now, I do want to suggest a trade you because the Browns are apparently not going to... Um, they're not going to do what Baker wants in terms of trading. In terms of trading him. Would it make sense... To you. There are two quarterbacks right now at the moment. Who are both unhappy with their franchise. There are two franchises at the moment. You can make the argument. Aren't really happy with their quarterback. Now one is not because of play. It's because of the stuff that's been going on in the offseason. And there are also two quarterbacks this offseason that are that were looking for a long-term deal, and now they don't have it. Now, this trade's probably not going to happen because Baker's going to get traded into India or something like that, but a trade that would make sense to me? What if uh, Baker could trade Arizona? Kyler Murray could trade the Browns. Hear me out on this. Okay, so... Kyler Murray wants a long-term deal. If you're the Browns, you just have to be like, look, the whole re- what's the whole reason the Browns wanted Deshaun Watson? Because they're like, Baker, we love you. We, we think you're a great quarterback, but we needed we need a quarterback that looks like these other guys in our division. In our conference, that's not that's not a shot at Baker Mayfield to say that he's not a good quarterback or anything like that. But when you compare his game to the likes of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, at his best, he's I I, I people probably don't agree with this. At his best, he's 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 comparable to those guys, in my opinion. When, I mean, when ba- let's be honest about this. When Baker Mayfield is in the zone in a game and he's completing passes, he is super accurate, he has a pretty big arm, and he can run around when he's healthy, okay? But the Browns are like, listen, we, we love that, but we just, we just need that a little more consistently. And Baker right now is ready to move on from the Browns. Okay, let's flip to the other side, Arizona. 
So Arizona, at the moment, has had a terrible, terrible, terrible offseason. Chandler Jones, one of their star edge rushers, just left. Just went to Las Vegas, which isn't really a surprise because you want to leave at the end of last year. So your star edge rusher is J.J. Watt, who I love, who is a beast. But at the same time, he is older. You're, you have to put him on pitch count. Um, Kyler Murray, this whole thing, not that it's their fault, but this whole thing that's gone on with Kyler Murray. I guarantee you today, Browns will be like, sign you, we'll sign you to a huge deal. Now you're like, oh, but but the Browns team isn't built around Kyler Murray and and Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray is Cliff Kingsbury's guy. Okay, that's fair. But let me put it this way. Baker Mayfield, this is the benefit to both teams. Uh, obviously, the Browns would more than likely have to give something more than Baker up. But would a... If I'm the Browns, I tell you, this, personally, if I'm the Browns, this is what I'd be willing to give up for Kyle Lamar. I'd be willing to give up Baker Mayfield. I'd be willing to give up my first round pick. And, uh, heck, I'd be, giving, I'd be willing to give up uh, maybe a, a defensive backer. Not Miles Garrett or Nick Chubb, but but maybe, uh, hey, maybe you're willing to give up uh, Kareem Hunt, who's a great back. But we know in the past years, the Cardinals, James Conner, they just signed James Conner. You give them, you give Kareem Hunt and James Conner one two punch in that division now. Here's the, here's the other benefit for Arizona doing this is the fact that Arizona, they can look at them, they, they can be like, okay, we got Baker. He's happy to be here. Maybe he's not as athletically gifted as Kyler, but you know what? They're both used to the same offenses. They both went to Oklahoma. I mean, there's a reason. Lincoln Riley, the quarterback guru, he started Baker over Kyler, you know, and there's a reason why he did that. So you're like, okay, Baker, although the injury, probably won't get hurt as much because he won't run around as much. Uh, we get a one-two punch at the back. Maybe we change up our offense. Baker also gets DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and the division is not going to be as tough this year. It's still going to be good. It's still going to be talented. But the reality is the division will not be as tough this year because you're like, okay, I got to go up against uh, Seattle, who is without a quarterback. That's another potential landing spot for Baker. But I go up against Seattle, who's without a quarterback at the moment, or at least without Russell Wilson. Uh, I got to go up against potentially the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo. And got up against uh, Kyle Shan, who's going to be a, a, you know, and you got to go up against the Rams, who are going to be tough. But nonetheless, I think that's a trade both sides can win. And the Browns can, the Browns could be like, yeah, we had to give up some pieces, but we can protect Kyler better because of our own line. Kyler will not, you know, not Kyler specifically, but our team will maybe be made for longevity because because we have uh, a great O line and we'll protect Kyler. We'll run the ball more. But when Kyler needs to, and you're going up against Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, and you need Kyler to run around and make a play and throw that ball downfield to Amari Cooper, 
He can do it. I got to tell you, this trade isn't going to happen, so I'm not going to waste too much time talking about it. But, oh man, that would be... I'm, that would be the trade. Kyler Murray would have a bit... I mean, in my opinion, Ky, Kyler's better than Deshaun. Uh, Kyler Murray would have a bigger impact on that team than Deshaun Watson would, in my opinion. So, I mean... Uh, man. That would be one heck of a trade. Um, but it probably won't happen. Um, and, and it's an interesting situation. We'll have to see what happens there. Um tell you um von miller to the bills this is a significant signing um and you might be saying well he's a good edge rusher but he's older does it really have that big of an impact yes and here's why and this is what is so this this is what's smart about the bills This is what's smart about all these teams willing to uh, get an edge rusher, willing to willing to put their hand, willing to take a little bit out of their, uh, you know, willing to invest in edge rushers simply because they realize the conference in which they're playing in. Listen, the Bills are in a pretty winnable division, but the but. They still have a tough road to the playoffs. They might be talented. They might have Stephon Diggs. And they might have Josh Allen. But you know who else? They still, you know, they still got fate twice a year. Bill Belichick. And you're like, oh, but they handled the playoffs. During the regular season, not only did the Patriots beat them one time in their stadium, but the but Bill Belichick gives Josh Allen fits. He gives Josh Allen fits. He gives Sean McDermott fits every single year. Why? Because he's Bill Belichick. And when you're looking at this division, you're saying, okay, but outside of that, they don't have a lot to worry about. And and you know what? You're right. They probably they probably will win the division. Okay? But let's take a look at who else they still gotta go through. I mean, look. The Bills made it to the division around last year. Granted, they had that game. Okay, they had that game in the bag. And they did lose it. But they had that game. But they're like, you know what? Uh, Russell Wilson just came in the division. The Browns are looking to upgrade at quarterback. We got, we're we're going to have to go through some guys here. We're either going to have to go through. Um, Pat, we're going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes. We're going to have to go through Russell Wilson. We're going to have to go through Derek Carr. We're going to have to go through Joe Burrow. We're going to have to go through Lamar Jackson. We're going to have to go through some of these guys. Potent- depending on where Deshaun Watson goes, although it doesn't look like he's going to the AFC team, potentially we're going to have to go through Deshaun Watson. And uh, they're like, we need some help. We can't just We can't just outscore everybody. And, and that's a big... You've been seeing the trend the past few years in the NFL where these teams are acquiring all these weapons. They're acquiring all these uh, great quarterbacks and all that. And that's all super important. And it's great. But one of the issues you saw... Let me give you a key example of this. This year in college football was Ohio State. 
They're a team that typically has one of the best defenses in the country. But they're so used to having a Chase Young. And they're so used to having a Nick Boza or a Joey Boza. And having those great DBs. And this year, was was they just didn't have a great defensive year, right? And so, you're looking at this team now. Or, and so, they were looking at this team and they're like, yeah, that's bad, but... We have C.J. Stroud, we have Chris Olave, we have Garrett Wilson, we have a great old line. I think we'll be fine. And granted, they won the Rose Bowl, but their expectation was to go to the college football playoff. And so they tried to outscore everybody, and it didn't work. It did not work against everybody. And so what happens when you're in the playoff, and you're and you're used to outscoring everybody, but then all of a sudden, you can't outscore Patrick Holmes. You can't outscore Russell Wilson, and your defense desperately needs a and your defense desperately needs a stop. Oh, Von Miller is there to help you out. Listen, he's he may not be the quite as good as he used to be, but he's a, he is a great player. He's a phenomenal talent, and this is a big deal. Uh, in my opinion, this isn't going to be a move where you look at the stat sheet at the end of the year and you're like, wow, Von Miller had an unbelievable year. It might be, but I, I don't think it's going to be that way. But it's going to be something, again, this is what I talk about all the time. This is why I love these mobile quarterbacks so much. It's not even so much about what they do on the field. It's about... The seed that they plant in the mind of their opponents during the week and making their opponent have to think about one more thing. Have to think about one more thing that they got to prepare for. And trust me, Von Miller is one more thing you have to prepare for. So, for example, if next year in the divisional round, the Chiefs and the Bills meet up. And they probably will meet up in the playoffs somehow. And uh, let's just say, for example, that the Chiefs are looking at the Bills. They're like, man, Josh Allen, he can he can sling the football. He's got a cannon. But we played against him. We know how to somewhat marginalize him. Not totally, but we can. But Patrick Mahomes can kind of help us out in that aspect. Um, like man, we got Stefan Diggs, but but we they got Stefan Diggs, but we got Tyreek Hill. Okay, uh, that matched up pretty good. But then, but then they're like, okay, but we'll be able to put up points and and, and compete with their offense because our offense is one of the best in the leagues. But then they're like, oh wait. We got prepared for Von Miller. And I'm not saying that teams aren't going to make schemes and that Von Miller is always going to be unstoppable. But I'm saying it makes the Chiefs think, okay, what do we got to do? It makes the it makes the, the, it makes the uh, Bengals think. It makes the Broncos think. Whoever you face in the playoffs, whoever faced in the regular season, how do we plan for Von Miller? Because they got some edge rushers now. Because that's kind of been their weakness the past few years. That they just don't have any pressure. Because they got guys in the back end, you know. Um but like I've been saying the past 
few days, the ultimate band-aid over a defense is an edge rusher, and they have one, and they're going to be able to compete in that conference. Um, man, this could be a fun year. And by the way, we don't even know for sure what the Browns are doing with Baker Mayfield yet, so it could get better. Uh, I see what happens with Deshaun Watson. So a lot of fun stuff going on. Tournament going on right now. I'm telling you guys, saying it right now, Kansas is my pick to win the tournament. They play tonight. Hopefully, after I say that, they don't lose to a 16 seed, but uh, you never know. Um, but man, great time of year. Tournament going on. Uh, NFL craziness going on. Oh, one more thing. Allen Robinson, uh, he, Allen Robertson, signs with the Rams. So, uh, like, that's a big deal. Look, I, I said the other day, the thing with, and this, by the way, hurts Justin Fields tremendously, in my opinion. I love Justin Fields, but if you want him to develop, you got to give him some help. And uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers staying in division. But um, as far as the Rams go, Look, they're like, all right, we got Allen Robinson. We got players. And, uh, the, I mean, I, I've been saying all, all offseason how the Rams aren't going to be as hungry next year. And, by the way, they did lose. We talked about that yesterday. They lost Andrew Whitworth, who was a great tackle, and that's going to hurt him somewhat. But they get another weapon. They did lose Von Miller. Um, but they do get a weapon. They get Allen Robinson. So, great pickup by them. Man, I cannot wait to see. I I didn't. I cannot wait to see what happens with this Browns thing. All right, but that's gonna do it here for Red Zone Radio today. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And uh, one more thing, just before you go, just before you go, I'd just like to read really quick uh, a Bible verse. And uh, today's come from comes from Matthew, comes from the Book of Matthew nine twenty seven. It says, and it says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, "Son of David, have mercy on us." And when Jesus, and when he had came into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, "Do you believe that I am able to do this?" They said to him, "Yes, Lord." They touched their eyes, saying, "According to your faith, let it be to you." And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows of it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Um, so this is a beautiful verse here. Not just because of the, not just because of the fact that he healed two blind men, but it's because it Jesus is illustrating here what you can do when you put your faith in him. I mean the whole essence of Christianity of being saved by Jesus Christ from dying on the cross is by putting your faith in him, trusting in him. That's the whole essence of Christianity. That's really what God requires. That I mean, faith is powerful. And by the way, we're talking about faith here. We're not talking about it in the sense of blind faith. We're talking about it in terms of trust. You trust your friend, you trust your parents, trust Jesus. Trust him, and uh, he can change your life. He can help you in areas that you thought were unhelpable. You say, but what if I did this? What if I did that? Listen, there is nothing in the world 
that you have done. If you murdered somebody, if you, uh, you know, did a lot of bad stuff, we've all for all of sin and fell short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. And um, if you die in your sin, you will have to stand before God and give account for what you did, and you will not have mercy. But put your faith in Jesus, repent of your sins. Bible says, for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you could be saved. Oh yeah, just put your faith in Jesus. Trust him. I mean, I mean, this whole par not this is not a parable, this is true. But this whole story right here of the two blind men healed, what is it illustrating? It's illustrating putting your faith in Jesus. Jesus will help you. Jesus will do whatever, you know, not, Jesus won't do whatever you want, but Jesus will do whatever is necessary for you when you trust in him, whatever is necessary for you to progress in your walk with him. And that can include, you know, that, that will include helping you break addictions, helping you with the guilt of your past, okay? Because the whole idea is getting closer to him, uh, you know, when you come to Jesus and you trust him, you're saved. But then you have sanctification. And your sanctification is 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 what you grow every day. Your salvation is there once you trust in Jesus as your personal Savior. But your sanctification grows day by day. And what sanctification is, is it's becoming more like Jesus. You're never going to be Jesus. You're never going to be perfect. But it's being more like him in the way you do that. Is by calling out to him and pretty much saying, can you help me with this addiction? Help me with this. And he will help you. I promise you, he will help you. And you're not going to be perfect. Proverbs says the righteous man falls seven times and yet he rises again. You're going to fall. But Jesus is aware of that. Doesn't make it okay. When you fall, repent of your sins. Grow. That's what Jesus wants from you more than anything. He wants you not only to come to him and confess him as Lord so that he will save you. When you trust him and you repent of your sins, he is your savior. But he wants you more than anything to put your faith in him. And when you put your faith in him, there's no telling what he could do for you. There's no telling how he can help you. There's no telling... How he will change your life. He made the blind see. Made made people who are paralyzed walk. Made people who are mute speak. Made people who are deaf hear. And what did all those people. And this is kind of what I talked about the other day. um, What did all those people have in common? One thing. One thing. They weren't priests. (laughs) If you read it. The priests were against Jesus. They weren't. They weren't people who who knew, um, they, they weren't these people who are super religious or grew up in religious homes. No. They were people who put faith in him, trusting, if I go to him with this, he will help me. If I go to him with this disease, he will help me. If I can't walk and I get to him, he will help me. But that's what is that? That's putting faith in him. That's trusting him. Because let's be honest about this. 
if you if you, if you if you are if you are someone right now, how, you know, and and there's someone outside on the street claiming they can heal you, maybe maybe you have a problem, maybe you have back pain or whatever, and they're claiming you can heal you. Are you just gonna get up and go to them? No. You want to go to them unless you trust they can actually help you. You want to go to the doctor unless you trust they can actually help you. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, if you put your trust in me, I will help you. That's what he means by your faith has made you well. Do you believe he can do it? Do you trust that he can do it? Your faith will make you well. But before all of that, the first thing you have to do is believe that Jesus can save you. Because you, we will be judged. We will be judged. And you have to believe that he can save you. Um, and he can. But the way you do it is by trusting him, repenting of your sins. Trusting him to save you. Cry out to him. Repent of your sins. Change your ways. Start growing your relationship with him. Um, two resources I highly encourage you to check out. Go to crossexamine.org or crossexamine on YouTube. Very. Um, if you have questions about God, he can help you. Secondly, uh, Living Waters, uh, Ray Comfort, two guys, Frank Turk for Cross Examine, Frank Ray Comfort for Living Waters on YouTube, two great guys. If you have any questions about this, feel free to DM me at Red Zone underscore Radio. Um, I'd be more than willing to uh, help you if you send me a DM. Say how do I get started with this? So uh, if you are still listening, I do thank you, and um, I would just like to, one more thing. Uh, if you would, I would just like to say a quick prayer for you. Dear Father, I ask that you touch this person's heart. I ask that you convict them with the Holy Spirit. Whoever is listed. Maybe they've been running from you. Maybe they maybe they don't understand what they need. They don't understand, you know, some of the things that have happened in their life. But I ask that you help them. Convict them so that they turn to you, put their faith in you to save them. In Jesus' name, and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you are still listening, I truly do appreciate it. Thank you guys. Uh, have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.